All right, Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Happy Friday. Okay, we talked about the, uh, just finished speaking about the escalating yeah. war in the woods here in Vancouver Island. Got over 130 people arrested there now in Ferry Creek. We got the, the blockaders blocking roads there. A lot of the blockaders using some pretty wild tactics now. You got people like cementing their arms <laughs> yeah. into the road. So the yep. cops got to literally like jackhammer them out. I saw a guy yesterday who was on uh, perched on the end of a, a pole dangling over a ravine. The other end of the pole wedged under a truck. Yeah. So, no. I mean, he's just dangling. So basically making it as difficult as possible for the police to remove the protesters. So this is getting pretty wild. They, they took some people out by helicopter who were in trees. It's, it's getting just crazy. beginning. It's just beginning. Uh, we're gonna. This is going to escalate significantly. Uh, and it's NDP government is going to find itself mired in this dispute to a degree they've never really experienced before. This is this dwarfs the coastal gas link situation up north, which we saw a lot uh, a couple of years ago. That was huge. Ago. Why yeah. do you think this would be bigger? I think it's bigger because it's um, physically more accessible. You yeah. can literally take a ferry over to Victoria and hop in a bus or in a caravan and get out to Port Renfrew and get out to Ferry Creek relatively easily. It's a different thing to go up north, to, to fly up north and go into those remote gas fields or, or areas where the pipeline was being built. And this is more accessible. It's more accessible than Clockwood Sound. And I think you're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of rest. But it's a fascinating situation. And I think ultimately it's up to the Pashitat First Nations to decide what ultimately uh, happens here. Because they've got the rights here. Uh, and UNDRIP, as you your conversation with Chris Sankey illustrated, UNDRIP changes everything in terms of uh, bolstering and reinforcing the rights of First Nations. Well, it's pretty complicated because you've got a logging company in there. It's got a cutting permit there, Teal Jones. And the First Nation is not thrilled with this company having this deal, but they did an agreement with them. Mm -hmm. So the deal is, okay, we'll support this, but we get a cut of it. So they're getting a piece of the the revenue there. And the revenue is crucial to them. And I, I put that to... To Adam Olson this morning, mm-hmm. the Green Party leader, uh, MLA, who's calling for the logging to be shut down there. Uh, it's interesting because he's an Indigenous leader himself as a member of the Sartlib First Nation on Vancouver mm-hmm. Island. And here you got another First Nation on the island saying they want these protesters out. And this is a sticky situation here. Now, here, now here he is. I'll play a short clip here of what he just said to me. This is uh, Green Party MLA Adam Olson and what he thinks should be done here. How little of the monumental old growth, the, the, the trees that everybody's talking about right now, how few they are remaining. We're not talking about decades more of cutting these trees. We're talking about a couple of years. So the, the, it is incumbent upon the provincial government, and it's incumbent upon, uh, well, it's incumbent upon the provincial government to have a plan that goes past those few years. Because the reality is, is that all of the arguments that are being made around uh, uh, around the industry, or that this industry goes away in a few years anyways because we don't have any more of these trees to come. Okay, he also made the argument the government's sitting on a pile of money and they could throw some money at this. So maybe, I don't know, well, you'd, that, you'd compensate the First Nation that, and the company and that say, may, okay, leave the trees alone, but here's that, a bunch of money. That may be the ultimate solution here. I mean, yeah. that's happened before. Um, interesting, Adam t- understandably takes a shot at the provincial government, shies away from taking a shot at the Pashidat just by invoking the argument they're divided, which is kind of a non-starter Well, there are, some di- there are divisions in that community. There's, but, but there's, the, there's divisions everywhere. Well, there, there's always divisions. Yeah, but you've everywhere. got the elected the elected chief of this First Nation They've made a and the hereditary chief of the First Nation uh, both put out a very clear statement saying that, look, we can we can sort this out ourselves. We don't want people, you know, can you protesters please go away? Yeah. And, and they're not uh, going away. There's more of them showing up. 
And I heard Chris Sankey's um, very pointed criticism of some of the protesters presuming to speak for First Nations when they're not First Nations. This is this is going to heat up, and it's already heated up, and it's going to potentially be an explosive situation. Okay, we're following that one very closely for you on the show. Let's talk about, uh, you predicted on the show yesterday that the government would announce a shorter, a shortened time period between the first and the second dose of the mm-hmm. COVID vaccine. And that's, in fact, is what happened. Here is Dr. Bonnie Henry yesterday announcing the shorter gap between doses. We're accelerating our dose two for our age-based whole of community, our age-based program, and people who are clinically extremely vulnerable. So how is this going to work now? They got to, like they, the gap right now is well. It was originally four months. Well, originally now sixteen weeks. Then it was thirteen weeks, yeah. and now it's eight weeks. And it's for Pfizer and Moderna, yeah. um, AstraZeneca, which you and I both have. Yeah, uh, we're in a bit of a holding pattern because we're waiting to see. Um, we don't have enough AstraZeneca right now to to do second doses for everyone. And also, there's evidence that the AstraZeneca vaccine might be more effective on the first dose if you wait a little longer. So, I expect you and I are probably going to be at twelve weeks or ten weeks. For our second dose, but now it's eight weeks for um, uh, for the second dose for uh, Pfizer and Moderna. But the, again, we're back into a queue, so the first people to go are the elderly people in long-term care and long-term care workers and uh, those who are clinically vulnerable, and that's about four hundred thousand people, uh, and they're going to be getting the dose uh, second dose first. And the reason we're doing this, we when we had the sixteen-week interval, we didn't have much vaccine. If you recall, yeah, Pfizer yeah. shut down their facility. Yeah in Belgium for a couple of weeks, which really cut off the supply of, of vaccine. And it was uncertain when we were going to get vaccines. So the strategy back then was get as many first doses as possible right. um, with, the, with the vaccine that was coming in. Now we've got um, a pretty high rate. We're 65% now of, um, of the eligible population uh, getting the vaccine. We want to get to at least 80%, but we're going to get there uh, sooner than we thought just a few weeks ago. Okay, so Pfizer, a lot of people getting the Pfizer vaccine right now, and they would be in line to get Pfizer as a, a second dose of the vaccine. But for the people who have received other vaccines, notably Moderna and AstraZeneca, as you mentioned, now we're getting into this potential mix and match well, there, uh, situation. Let me play Bonnie yeah. Henry for you here again. So here she is talking about that situation. Like, let's say you got the Moderna vaccine or you got the AstraZeneca vaccine. Which, which other vaccine will you get? as your second dose. Here's what she said. We now have good evidence that it's safe to have an alternative with the same type of vaccine. So in this case, we're talking about the messenger RNA vaccines. Okay, so she's talking there that maybe if you got the Moderna... If you got Moderna, you can get Pfizer because they're the right. same type of vaccine. They're both messenger RNA uh, vaccines, which are which are new. I mean, these are... So they're uh, similar. They're very similar. Okay. AstraZeneca is different. And right. So we're not quite there yet, although I think we're going to be at a spot where if you get AstraZeneca, you probably will be able to get Pfizer and Moderna. But she says basically hold off quite yet. Now, AstraZeneca wasn't really administered in any great numbers until uh, early April. There was some in mid-March, but most of it was in uh, early April. Remember when they rolled the uh, the age requirement back to, to 55 and over? Uh, would enable a lot more people to get AstraZeneca. And so we're not at eight weeks for that group anyway, so we can wait a bit. Okay, here is Dr. Bonnie Henry speaking about the resumption of in-person religious services. It's for up to 50 people at indoor phase services with detailed uh, COVID safety plans in place. And I just want to express my gratitude to Dr. Robert Dome and the wise counsel of the faith leaders who worked with us to develop these guidelines. 
Okay, I've been hearing a lot from sort of faith community listeners uh, in the last few days saying, when will we be allowed Mm -hmm. to reopen? So some more clarity here now. Yeah, so this goes back to the old rules that were there at the beginning of the pandemic. would allow you, again, 50 people maximum. And that includes everybody in the building. It's not just the congregation. It's the So even if it's a massive cathedral, you'd still only allow 50. And 50 includes everyone. The org... If someone's playing the organ, they're one yeah. of the 50. If someone's a solo singer, they're one of the 50. If you're the uh, priest or the or the preacher or whatever, yeah. you're one of the 50. It's right. not 50 people plus all the people around them. Also, no choirs, and also everybody has to wear a mask, and there's no sharing of collection. And, and how long, okay, so and how and long no, does that go on for? There's no expiry date on the order. It's wow. it's at least five pages. It's on the Center for Disease Control website. It's very similar. It's called a variant, um, similar to what the situation was before it was sh- uh, shut down. Okay, and presumably, though, they revisit that going forward. Yeah, I, I would think in July or September yeah. this will be revisited, but there's no expiry date on the order uh, right now. All right, welcome back. It's Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry from Global News. Calls are open 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898, toll free on your cell. Jen in Poco. Hey, Jen. Hey, how's it going? Um, I am very concerned with this mix and match situation for the vaccines. I have AstraZeneca as my first dose. Um, my husband is clin- clinically vulnerable. He had Moderna um, quite early on. And um, with them, they're, they're now talking about um, giving us a different vaccine as our second dose. And I'm very concerned about this as we are avid travelers. And um, with the potential of vaccine passports being a thing, um, I'm concerned that other countries that we want to travel to will not consider us fully vaccinated. If we have one dose of one and one dose of the other, to them, will we be fully vaccinated if we only have one dose of one and one dose of the other? Great question. Yeah, well, we're in a new frontier here in terms of vaccination passports uh, for for COVID-19. I'm not sure countries are going to judge you on that basis if you have two different types of uh, vaccines. But um, the good news is we're, we are getting more Moderna unexpectedly. So I think um, we've got about a half a million people in B.C. have received the first dose of Moderna. And it looks like everybody's going to be able to get a second dose of Moderna, but there may be some who how, may have to get Pfizer. How many AstraZeneca shots did they give out? 275,000. Can we not get more of that? It's like our own little private club, 275,000. <laughs> so we've got about 130,000 uh, AstraZeneca doses sitting in storage right now. There is an expiry date on them. They're all going to be used for second dose. So we need an, roughly this, a number 140,000. So a good chunk of people 000. will get two doses of AstraZeneca then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, probably at least not half every- the people who got AstraZeneca will get two doses and probably more. And is there more coming? And we don't know. We assume there's more coming, but there's no timeline. But like I say, Moderna, there was a concern. We, there was no timeline for Moderna. And suddenly this week, more Moderna yeah. materialized. Okay. Sean in Surrey. Hey, Sean. At the beginning of the rollout for the vaccines in Canada and British Columbia, the experts or the scientists were saying that the two doses had to be giving relatively close to each other in order for everything to be um, optimal. And then later on, uh, the Canadian government and the British government, the British Columbia government, changed that, saying, no, no, you can go a lot longer before you get your second dose, and uh, that'll be fine. But what I'm curious about is when they change that, did they change it really because the science was okay or because they didn't have enough vaccines to give to people and they just extended the date for the second dose because they didn't have the second dose to give to people? Okay, th- thank you, Sean. Yeah, so the answer is both. I mean, the yeah. science has changed. The science has changed on many fronts through the pandemic. This is a novel co- coronavirus. We have all sorts of coronaviruses. 
this is considered a novel one, which we've never seen before. So the science was going to change. The science has changed. At the very beginning, we weren't supposed to wear masks. Now we wear masks. Uh, uh, again, uh, and it's changed on the on the vac- vaccination rollout as well. So, and also part of it, we didn't have enough vaccine uh, to. Uh, this wasn't the preferred option. They would have preferred to do what it says to do on the label of the bottle. You know, to give people the the recommended dose and the recommended gap. But they didn't have enough vaccine. And the goal, the determination was, it's better to give as many people as possible yeah. the first dose, which right. gives a significant amount of immunity to this virus, like more than 90 percent, for a significant period of time and then worry about the second dose later. And sure enough, I think it's paying off. And it wasn't a political decision to do that. I mean, no, that was no. the public health officials public of health, Canada, public not health. just British this Columbia. Is not, yeah, this is not a political decision so, in BC. So, you know, no, but again, the caller raises a good point. The science has changed, and the vaccine supply has changed. Yeah, okay, let's go to John in Parksville. Hey, John. Hey, how you guys doing? Listen, good. I just want to talk about what's going on in southern Vancouver Island with the First Nations. You know, the only time you guys uh, stand up for the First Nations' rights is uh, when you're playing it off against the environmentalists. Not that's just, sure what you that's mean by that. just not true. But what, what's your point? Well, the point is that these people have a right to decide what they want to do. Yeah, I know. That's what I said. So, without, the corporation, without the corporation's intimidation, because what I understand is when the corporations come in, they tell them this is what's going to be happening, whether you well, agree got it or not. They've got a deal with the corporation. Okay, they've got a, what the deal is here is they got a logging company here, Teal Jones. It's got a legal a legal cutting permit. The First Nation did an agreement with the the government and with the logging company to get a piece of the action, basically. And this First Nation has also not surrendered their their claims to territory and rights and title in the area. Mm-hmm. So they're saying, I, you know, the preference would be to have them control it themselves. But given that this company's got a legal cutting permit, they decided to go along with it with a, a share of the revenue. Okay, partnership. So they're getting it's a partnership. So they're getting they're getting a share of it, and they're saying to outsiders, "Get out of our territory. We can take care of this ourselves. We don't we don't need you coming here blocking roads and telling us what to do. Mm-hmm. We're we're a sovereign nation. Let us control our own our own territory and our own destiny. That's what they're saying. Now I'm not saying there's a hundred percent consensus in this First Nation because there's not. There, there is division in this First Nation, but the leadership of this First Nation is clearly indicated. There's what di- their preference is, they want the people, they want the protesters out. There's division in every community. There, there is, there, and there always is. Let's yeah. go to uh, division in a democracy. Apo in Langley. Hi guys, a couple Hi. of points. Uh, yeah. Could you, could you get the, the Bonnie Henry and their crew there to report on the, how many variants we're getting in these latest case numbers because they seem to have dropped off doing that. No, they report that every week. It's on the Center for Disease Control website. It's uh, okay. actually the update came out yesterday. So one, and I'll be reporting this later today. There's suddenly a bit of an uptick in the variant first discovered in India. Um, it went 306 cases to 370 cases. Now we're in the space of a week up to 541 cases. So that's one to keep an eye on because that variant right now is causing the United Kingdom some significant concern. Squeeze in one more call, Alan in Vancouver. Alan, you got to go quick. Yes, I'd like to just uh, make sure you know that Manitoba has about 3,000 Moderna um, vaccines that are expiring at the end of the month. Is there any um, communication between B.C. and them, maybe bring them here so they don't get wasted? Keith, 30 seconds here. I don't know why it would be wasted. I mean, we're not wasting vaccines here. I don't know why Manitoba would be uh, wasting vaccines. They're in a world of hurt. They are in a world of trouble in uh, in Manitoba. Keith, thanks for coming in. All right, have a great day.